All right, good morning, church. Um, We're going to read Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. If you have your pew Bible, that's on page 788. Mark 4, 21 through 25. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket, or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. And to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Thank you so much, Dan. Mark chapter 4, as he's just read our text this morning. And let's start with what we normally end with. That's our takeaway, all right? Our takeaway today is this. Make good use of the light that you have been given. Make good use of this. God is showing you some light through this book, the Bible, revealing Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with that? Make good use of it. I was caught off guard last Sunday when uh, the lights went out. <laughs> Wasn't that a strange moment? Just What timing on that? I don't know. We had a great day. We had, we had all this singing going on in the choir. Somebody afterwards said, does this church, is that, is that all I do, is sing all the time? You know, and that was, yeah, we sing a lot, and ho- that's on purpose because there's something we have to sing about. There's a, there's a joy we have in the Lord that comes through being able to express from our heart through music. And, and God knows that, and what a gift he's given us with that. Um, but I had gone through about, what, did I preach in a matter of 10 minutes or so? I, it can be done. And uh, um, not today. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of it, I, 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 I was just quoting from Acts 26, where, where Paul had, had, sent, had been sent to turn people from darkness to light, uh, to receive power from God over Satan, uh, that they may receive forgiveness. That's what our world needs. So much of life is such in a confusing place nowadays because people don't understand this truth of forgiveness comes from God, and that's how we're able to relate with others, because of his forgiveness. And a place among those who are sanctified. We have heaven to look forward to. If you don't have heaven to look forward to, I beg you, don't leave this place today without getting that figured out. How in the world are you going to have heaven 100% sure for your heart to know that when you die, you're going to heaven because you're forgiven? God does that. Well, I just talked about that, talked about uh, being turned from darkness to light, and then the lights went out, the whole place, and it wasn't just here. I'm sure everybody was thinking, yeah, you set that up, didn't you? No. No. The lights, I didn't, the whole town went blank, I guess, for a few seconds there. And uh, <clears throat> then the lights came back on, thankfully, just within just a matter of a few seconds. Um, and that was a good reminder that Jesus can turn the lights back on. <laughs> he can turn the lights on in your heart. Uh, he can turn the lights on for anyone. And he uses the light in you. For others to see the light of him. So, use the light you're given. 
Don't hide it. We tend to skip over a passage like this here in Mark chapter 4 because it's such a short paragraph, a short parable about this lamp that's put under a bushel, under a basket. Uh, and because it's so short, we just kind of think, well, it's, yeah, I'll skip on to the next thought. But it's here on purpose. And I think it's a point of emphasis here as Jesus is instructing his followers. I think it's interesting to note that this is parallel to several other passages. Mark chapter 4, verse 21 is also quoted something very similar in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, the Sermon on the Mount. That's a very significant passage. And also in Luke chapter 8 and in Luke chapter 11, it talks about not hiding your light under a bushel. It's a very important theme that Christ emphasized. And so that leads me to conclude that if something is repeated in Scripture, it must be worthy of our careful consideration. So let's not just slide over it like, oh yeah, I know that. I've heard about that before. Let's think about what it's saying what it actually means, and then what we're going to do with it. So today, we're going to make the connection, right? In your handout, there's a place to follow along, and that's the first point there, make a connection. And then we're going to look at the command, and then a slight change in how it's worded in your outline there. We want to draw the conclusion. So you're looking for the connection, the command, and then the conclusion. What are we going to do with this? Lord, would you guide us now in your truth? I pray, God, that you'd give me calmness and passion at the same time, urgency about the importance of this message that you have for us in this book, the Bible. Certainly, God, you are the theme of the Bible. You're the main character. God, you created us in your image to know you, to have a relationship with you. And without, there, without that relationship, there's a hole in the soul there's something missing. But God, you didn't leave us in our sin and our loneliness. You made a promise that you would send your son Jesus to be the light of the world. You certainly are the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And you would show us your truth. You would help us to see this. And Jesus, you came as the Son of God, perfect in righteousness. And you fulfilled your promise to us, God and that you provided a way for our forgiveness, and that you gave us hope for eternal life simply by believing in Jesus alone for our salvation. That's the message of the Bible, and we have heaven to look forward to. Now, Lord, help us to understand that light and to share that light. And I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged by that. May this be a place of your joy showing the truth of Jesus Christ, and may it shine in our good works that others may glorify the Father. They may see who you really are because of what they see in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start with this. Let's make the connection that's found in a parable. All right? This connection with this parable is very important. A lamp hidden? Question mark. What's the purpose of a lamp that's stuffed under the table or under a basket? No one in their right mind is going to do that. Hide the lamp? Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket? What's going on with that? Maybe a modern-day illustration might be like last Sunday when the lights went out. What if after that, after the lights came back on, I said, uh, hey, turn out those lights. I like it better that way. 
You'd say, what? You're crazy. Why are you doing that? Why are, you, why are we sitting here in the dark? Come on, turn the lights on. Exactly. So why would Jesus suggest anyone might be doing that? Well, it happens all the time. That's the point. A parable is a comparison. So we're here to make this connection. It's crazy to think that anyone would have a light and then put it under a basket and go, I don't want that. No, you, you put that up so you can see, you can communicate, you can, you can read, you, can, you want the lights on, correct? It's just as crazy of a thought to actually have the light of Jesus Christ and to hide it. That's who would do that? But it happens all the time. Now, it's, it's not just a good idea that you be using the light. This figure of speech here, this parable of Jesus being the light, the lamp, keeping that in mind here, we are to use it. That, and the point here of this parable Yes, it's, we make that connection, but it's more than just a good idea. We need to see this. Consider the command presented to the followers. Would you look in your Bibles again there? Verse 24, he said to them. Who's them? You go back to verse 11. Uh, he said to them, who's them? Go back to verse 10. When they're alone, his followers came, and they're identified who the them is that we're looking at here in verse 25, verse 24. Verse 10. It's revealing it's the 12. Now, who are the 12? The disciples. The ones that Jesus had invested in revealing himself and his truth. These disciples. Now, remember, according to the Great Commission, those disciples were to go and make other disciples who would then make other disciples. And here we are, followers of Jesus Christ, who want to be controlled by Jesus Christ. We want him to be our leader and we follow him. So there's a command given here to the followers, to the disciples, and to us as well. So we apply this just the same way as Jesus gives it to them. So then what is it that Jesus is commanding of us? Or what did he command his disciples through this parable? And what are we to see of our command given to us as well? We look at this. Do you have ears to hear? What's the command? Hear. Let them hear. You got to hear this. That, in that language, is, is, is an imperative, or we would say it's a command. You got to hear this. Do this. Don't just sit there and go, duh. You know, you got to pay attention. Every parent understands this with their kids. Are you paying attention? Look at me. Listen to me. 
What I have to say is really important. It's for your good. It's for your safety. It's for your, your encouragement. Listen to me. That's what's going on here. There's a command given. In fact, this word here is used, I think, in this passage 12 or 13 times. He that has, hears, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen up. And then there's a second command expressed here as well. Pay attention. See this. Again, this is an imperative. This is a command. So it's not just a good idea that we listen to this parable. It's a command. It's not just a good idea that we see what's here. It's a command. This command to see. Pay attention. Let me tell you what it is in that language that was given in in the Greek. It, it's really a simple phrase caught up in, in one word. Blepete, which is the second person you must see. And first of all, it's, it's the idea of it seen in the normal sense. You open your eyes, we have light, we can see what's there. But secondary, in, in another way, the way it's intended here as well, is perception. Perception isn't just the eyesight, it's what you're comprehending. You get it. It's referring to a mental perception. So what it's saying here is be perceptive of what you're hearing. In your mind, you're actually seeing it. It's not hearing alone that's important. It's hearing with perception. Listen carefully to what God has to say here. Get this. Hear in such a way that it's going to affect you, that it will change you, that it will give you direction, that you'll have understanding. Receive the significance here of what is said. The lamp isn't to be brought under a bushel and hidden. Why would anyone do that? Hear this. See this. And here's what it is that we are to hear and see. Use what is measured to you. You see that? Use what is measured to you. Pay attention to what you hear with what you measure and use it. It will be measured to you again. Get the command to pay attention, to perceive the significance of what you're given. Use what you're given. It's interesting, this word measured is actually used three times in this passage. You see the word measure there in verse 24, with the measure you use you see that use is underlined there as well that's the exact same word as measured in that translate in that language with what you're measured you measure it will be measured to you again with what you're given to use use it so you can use it more ah that's what i'm supposed to see i've been given light I'm supposed to use that light. And when I'm using that light, I'll have more light to use. Huh. Now there's something that we want to think about. God's given you light. What has been measured to you? Light. 
You see some things that other people haven't seen. That's the grace of God for you, that you are in a place where you are hearing the truth of God's word. There are literally billions of people in our world who are not hearing on this Sunday morning the words of God, the Bible open, and to be able to see it with understanding. You have light. The light is speaking of Jesus himself, and it's speaking of the gospel message. When we read of the light in the New Testament, it's speaking of Jesus, who is the light. In fact, could you keep your place here in Mark and go over to John chapter 1? We referenced this passage briefly last week, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, just a few pages back. Chapter 1, we read of this one who is our creator, who came, and we read in verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this Jesus, this word, this logos, this one that is the explanation for everything we don't understand, this Jesus is our life. It's where we're going to discover what life is all about. And it's in this one, Jesus, who is life, that we are able to start perceiving things that we need to understand about life. He is the light of life. The life was the light of men. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We read, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We get to understand what life is all about when we look at the light that Jesus has given us. That helps us to understand our world today, doesn't it? There's a whole lot of darkness. People aren't seen Life through looking at Jesus. And look what a mess it's creating. But we have the light. We have the light of Jesus Christ. Never lose sight of what's been shown to you, the light of Jesus Christ. Christian, you have Jesus. You have the light of life. And it should shine in you. You have Christ. He is the light. He is the life. And because of that, we are different than anyone else around we are different, Christian. Others, when they look at you, they're going, not, not weird. Hopefully you're not weird. But there's something about you that shines. I want that. Christian, if you're not shining in your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're not showing the joy of the Lord, by the way, one of the things I think we need to be emphasizing again, and you've heard me saying it repeatedly, The joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to be showing there's something to be happy about in the Lord, right? It's not just, oh, woe is me. What a horrible life we live. I can't wait to get out of here. (laughs) We have so much joy in the Lord, Christian. But we have the light that's shown to us, and others can see that there's something different. They, They perceive there's something different in a Christian who's living close to the Lord. Remember Moses when he went up on the mount? And he was there alone with God. And everybody else was kind of chasing off after their gods and creating a a golden calf and thinking that that was going to make them happy. And yeah, right, a lot of good that did. Moses came down off of the mountain. What did they say about him? He was glowing. They had to cover his face because he had been with God. Why? Because the glory of the Lord was shining. When you see that word glory in the Bible, you're thinking this is something that is so bright and so valuable, so weighty, it deserves our attention. That's a beautiful thing. Christian, 
You have the light of Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. You have the light of Jesus Christ. And in that, you have the gospel. You can talk about this light that makes sense to you, that as you open the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it will make sense to them, and then they will see the light of the glory of the grace of God. So that's bringing us to the conclusion. So you have this comparison, this, this connection. You see this, this whole point of, of the command that is emphasized here, that we would use what we're given, this light. Now we see a conclusion. We draw a conclusion that I believe is the whole point of why Jesus gives it to us in this passage. It's not just sliding over saying something that's a sermon point. It's something we need to grasp. And the reason I say that is in that little word, for. Verse 25. Those little words in the Bible, they they mean a lot, don't they? They pull it all together. There's an observation for our conclusion that comes out of that little word, for. What's the conclusion that you see in that passage that's right in front of you? For to the one who has, more will be given. And from one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What's he referencing? When you use what you're given, the light of Jesus Christ, more opportunity to use that light will be given. For to the one who has, more will be given. The thought goes on with an and. When you fail to use what you're given, the light of Jesus Christ, you will lose, here's my interpretive point here, you will lose what opportunity you have to use the light that you're given. Now that's a sobering thought. We're not saying, the scripture's not saying, the the rest of the Bible does not say, you're not losing your salvation. But you're using the opportunity to be effective with sharing that light that has been given to you. Your whole reason for existence is to share the light. So here's an interpretive question. Is this referencing the present or the future? For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. For how will be able to be effective for God and his kingdom at Christ's throne in the future. I think the whole motivation of the rewards that the Bible talks about isn't so, look what I have, it's what I have to give. There'll be more opportunities. But I also think it has a very clear application for us today. As we're using the light, we're drawing close to Jesus Christ, we're living in his presence. Like Stephen, there in Acts chapter 7, we've been studying that on Wednesday nights, They could tell that he had been with Jesus. His face glowed because he had been face to face with Jesus. When you're walking in close fellowship with the Lord, your your whole life is going to shine of the glory of Jesus Christ. You're going to shine his light. When you're walking in your own, that's not going to shine. And you're not going to be very effective. 
But the more you draw close to Jesus Christ, the more it shines, the more effective you are for His kingdom. Right now, you can show your light so that others would see Jesus Christ and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Measure for measure. If you measure what you use, it will be measured to you again. Another way we could say it in our own vernacular might be use it or lose it. The opportunities that come with that. Is your light shining the light of Jesus Christ in such a way that others are seeing and wanting this one you talk about whose name is Jesus? People tell me all the time, I just don't have the opportunities to witness. Well, let's take the truth of this passage and apply it. What Jesus is emphasizing here. If you, God, would you help me today? Be able to talk to somebody about Jesus. When's the last time you prayed that prayer? We need to. God, just a messy prayer. I'm not very good at this. Would you help me find somebody to talk to about Jesus? Number two, keep your eyes open. Be alert. Because there's going to be somebody that comes along that's going to fit that prayer. If you pray it, it's going to be answered. There'll be somebody that is needing a word from you about Jesus Christ. So number one, pray about it. Number two, be alert. It might just be that cashier at the grocery store that you hand a track. It might be the neighbor across the street who's walking the dog that your dog runs out and chases him. That, that happened the other day. <laughs> and uh, it might just be a conversation that comes up and, you know, well, what, what do you do? I'm the pastor of that church around the corner there. Oh, really? This happened to me the other day. Yeah, I'm the pastor of the church around the corner there. Loved. Can you step in and pray with me? There's an opportunity to share the gospel. I wasn't expecting it, <laughs> wasn't even looking for it, but it happened. Pray about it, ask that prayer. In fact, right now, in fact, let's just do this right now. Why don't you bow your head? We'll take 30 seconds here and you say, God, in your own quiet time, don't say it out loud. But God, would you help me today to share Jesus with somebody? And say, thank you, it's going to happen. <laughs> you look up this way. Now, wherever you go, keep your eyes open. What's the opportunity? And number three, be where they are. Um, make every effort to be where people are. In our exchange uh, seminar that we're working through, and we'll meet again today at five to seven, Looking forward to that. I listened to the materials ahead of time. Anna gives a story about a, a gal who was really nervous about talking about Jesus, just wasn't comfortable, just kind of, I don't know how to do that. And, but she was wanting to, and so she was praying that prayer, God help me. And um, she goes to the gym every day, to the Y. And her, uh, her private uh, 
what do they call that, the one who trains you? The private trainer. There we go. That'll work. Okay. Uh, just a, a really fit and, and, and all together and, you know, kind of, kind of spooky, not spooky, but kind of scary to talk to. But she just said, hey, you know, I have this four-week Bible study I'd love to share with you. I, something I've really enjoyed. I think maybe we could do this together and be a lot of fun. Oh, sure. I would love to do a Bible study. And she had all these questions all the way through the Bible study. And eventually, the trainer trusted Christ simply because she asked the question, I've got this Bible study, would you do it with me? Somebody that she met at the Y, that's all she knew about her. Guess what? That trainer then took that same Bible study home, and her husband and her son, I believe it was, saw the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It had spread to others. My point is this, pray about it, be alert to what's around you, and be where people are, and God can use you that way. Um, the way you use what you hear will determine how much you have to use it. As you're experiencing Christ, like Moses, you're drawing near to the Lord, it's going to affect your countenance and how you deal with life. And it's going to give you courage to want to speak up. In fact, the whole emphasis of the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit was indwelling and empowering these people and all they could do is talk about this Jesus who had risen from the dead. That was the evidence of the Spirit's filling. They were talking about Jesus. Use the light that you've been given. You'll be given more light. You've been given the light. May God use you in sharing that light. May God use the light that you've been given so that you, in a very effective way, can share that light with others. You've been given the light. Don't hide it under a bushel. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. How many of you have already been thinking about that little tune? Remember that? in Sunday school, that's what the kids sing. It's still true. All over Muscatine, I'm going to let it shine. Can't wait to see how God's light will shine through you as we apply this truth by faith and courage. Let's pray. Lord, I know that your light is the truth. I thank you, God, that you've given that to us. Not that we're anything special. We're just average, ordinary people who need Jesus. We're sinners saved by grace. But Jesus Christ, you were awesome in your glory and your goodness to us. Thank you, God, that you went out of your way to express your love to us. We don't deserve it. But Jesus, you did that. You died. You were buried. You rose again. You rose again so that we would simply be able to believe in you and have everlasting life. God, you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son that whoever believes in you should not perish but have everlasting life. And you give us the light of your word to help us to figure out life right now and how to live it. And we have hope. We have understanding. We have purpose more than ourselves. Our pleasure is seeking to please you, not ourselves. There's a whole different level of living and understanding and joy in the midst of life. Oh God, may we show that. And may we be courageous in speaking of you, even in a culture that seems to be hardened, but at its core, it's still searching. 
And so many people are just asking, waiting for somebody to ask, can we talk about Jesus? Lord, may we be praying, God, use the light you've given me. May we be alert to those opportunities. And may we be where people are that are asking those questions. May we see the greatness of our God. May we understand his glory. May we live it out in truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.